We consider briefly our reading from Acts chapter 2, the account of the first Christian Pentecost festival. And in a word, happy birthday. The birthday of the Christian church when Jesus, the ascended Lord, poured out the Holy Spirit exactly as he had promised, poured out the Holy Spirit in an abundant way that was visible to all. And you notice how God does it. That the pouring out of this Spirit wasn't simply to impress the people. And it wasn't done to gather people around and to wow them with God's power, but rather to gain an audience. The rushing of the violent wind, and the crowd comes together and says, what in the world was that? Is everybody okay? Did, did some house fall down on somebody? They gather together, and they hear, they hear God's word being spoken in their own native language. People from across the Mediterranean, from all the way um, eastern into Mesopotamia, like modern-day Iraq, all the way west to Italy, and down south into North Africa and Egypt. Each of them with their own dialect, each of them coming from their own different backgrounds, and each of them there at Jerusalem for one of the three times when they were supposed to be there. One of the three times when all of the Jewish people were supposed to gather in Jerusalem to present themselves before the Lord. The first time being the festival of Passover, which was 49 days previously. And then the second time, this festival of the ingathering. At the time of the Passover, they would celebrate the barley harvest when the first fruits of the barley harvest would be harvested and presented to the Lord. And here at the conclusion, the conclusion of the wheat festival, this harvest festival, thanking God for his blessing, thanking God that he had provided another year. And the symbolism that God had woven into the day it just boggles the mind. You recall from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that, that Paul calls Jesus the first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. That he isn't just, just saying that as if Jesus is the, only the first one to come, but he's also saying that because Jesus raised himself from the dead at the time when they were presenting the first fruits to the Lord. And now this ingathering, this festival, this harvest festival, that would be um, kind of like if we had a harvest festival in the fall, in October or uh, November. This festival of the ingathering, when these believers are brought into the Christian church from around the world, when these believers hear the word of God in their own native languages, and when those believers would be going back to their homes and saying, we have heard, we have heard of the one called Messiah. So take a day to celebrate that the Lord has provided a day for you and for me. He has provided a place for you and for me. That he has provided a church for you and for me. He has made us members of this church where he has brought us into that church, even though you or I aren't speaking Aramaic as Peter was on that first Pentecost Sunday. The truth of Pentecost is that God calls people from all nations into his sheepfold, that God builds from all nations a church that can never perish, spoil, or fade, that God builds a spiritual house, and you and I are members of it. And what a day. 
the people would be looking around and seeing the tongues of fire on the heads of the 120 or so believers that are probably scattered through the crowds. The 120 or so believers who are probably translating um, exactly what Peter is talking about so that he who is speaking in the, and giving the sermon could have it translated in each of the groups as the people were scattered around. And what a day. A day to celebrate that the work of God hadn't, hadn't simply finished because Jesus' work was finished, his earthly ministry was finished, but that the work of God was now being multiplied and expanded also to you and through you. You realize that. That when Jesus visibly ascended into heaven, he withdrew his visible presence. Nothing about him changed, except for the fact that he would not be visibly found here or there. He ascended visibly, and then after a short period of time, a cloud hid him from their sight. And in so doing, he withdraws from them his visible presence. That he is still true God and true man. That he is still true God and true man for all eternity. And in this special union of God and man in the person of Christ, that Jesus still keeps his promise to be with his church today. Yes, in the, the preaching of the word, wherever his word is used, two or three gather together in my name, there I am with them. Also in a special way in his sacrament, where he promises his body and his blood are there each with the bread and with the wine. But if that weren't enough, to take a day and celebrate all the gifts that our God continues to give. To take a day and celebrate that this Jesus who has ascended visibly into heaven so that he could be everywhere with all of his believers for their assurance, for their comfort, and for their certainty. That this Jesus has also sent his Holy Spirit for you. That he ascended into heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit, he and the Father together, sending this Holy Spirit for you. Now if you look around probably don't see any tongues of fire aside from the candles. I know I have to order new ones. I'll do that between services. We don't see any tongues of fire here aside from the candles at the front of church. But the Holy Spirit's work is no less active among us. Consider the baptismal font where the promise of resurrection with Jesus is given even to those who are too young to speak. Consider your own certainty in the faith that you have come here today and that you join in these hymns and these songs where in a little bit we will stand up and say, I believe in God the Father Almighty to the exclusion of all others. To think of of the effort that you expend here in setting aside your Sunday morning to come and worship the Lord and to hear what he has to say. And then to say that this is my church home. This is my spiritual home where with these brothers and sisters that I'm worshiping with, I've got more in common with them than with anybody else outside of this church. I've got more in common with these people with whom I share the same common faith. Because the people that we worship with here are the people that we worship with forever. And even more basically, that we're all coming and we've been brought to the same understanding of how does life work and what is most valuable in this life. And simply by being here today, it's your implicit statement that this Jesus, that this Jesus is worth more than anything that this world could offer. That this Jesus promises an eternity that goes beyond even the most beautiful of four-day weekends 
that this Jesus is still with his church to send his spirit. Because we haven't been left out. On this birthday of the Christian church, um, or on days like um, when you celebrate a birthday, it's usually a recollection and a counting up. A recollection of what happened when maybe a child was born a few years previously, or you yourself were born and it was a few more years previously, I suppose. Birthdays aren't just a recollection in the Christian church, but it's a remembrance that this God, who has ascended into heaven visibly, is the one who still keeps his promises for you. He is the one who still sends his Holy Spirit for you, with the certainty that your sin has been forgiven, with the certainty that the word that he has given to you is sure and certain enough to build your life upon, with the truth that in this Christian church he daily and fully forgives all sins to me and all believers, and that the greatest gift that our Lord could give would be that forgiveness of sins. And he wanted that to be so certain for you that he sent his Holy Spirit. Because if... If the forgiveness of sins were simply a matter of historical recollection, as if the birthday of the Christian church were simply a historical recollection of what happened in the past, it would be a very little help and assistance for today. But the promise of Pentecost is that this Jesus who ascended is the Jesus who still sends his Holy Spirit for you, so that you can know that your sin has been forgiven, so that you can know that you've been incorporated into the body of Christ, so that you can know and have the certainty that the doctrine that we learn and the praise that we sing and the time that we spend is worth it, so that you can know that today is a day of celebrating, even without the, the sound of a violent wind and even out without the tongues of fire that we might see around us and even without all the different languages that we hear about, all of those Signs pointed to the same truth that we have today. The same truth that we proclaim in words that you and I are able to understand. The same truth we proclaim today where God gathered a crowd through the sending of that sound. Where God marked out who to listen to with the tongues of fire on the heads. And then the people listened. And they heard about what had happened 50 days previously, when the sun had stopped shining. When um, wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a rising cloud of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. I guess that's the last part. Is that everything that Peter talked about there was fulfilled. Especially um, the signs on the earth beneath and you think of the earthquake when Christ bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And perhaps, you know, massive enough that there was a little bit of steam coming up from the earth. You think of how the sun has stopped shining for those three hours on Friday afternoon. And at the time of the Passover, you remember, well, Passover would be um, the time of the full moon. And there's two options. I think it's either year 31 or 33 for when Jesus was crucified. And, uh, and one of those two options, if you were looking at the full moon that night, would have been what they call a blood-red moon. And so when Peter says these things, he's saying, don't you recall that you who are here today for the festival of the ingathering were here previously for, for the festival of the first fruits, 
that all those signs have been fulfilled until now. And today, he says, is the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. You see, Jesus sent his spirit to prepare his people for that very day. We're still waiting for the coming of our Savior, the return from heaven. But he sent his spirit to prepare you for that day. And so it is worthwhile for us to mark this day once again as a day of celebration and as a day of rejoicing, as a day of the birthday of the Christian church, gathering together and seeing with our own eyes, proclaiming with our own voices that this Jesus has still kept his promises. Amen.